This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 384. And the quote of the day is, if you can control your habits, you can control your life. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's up, boys and girls? Nick Ruffini here, and this is episode 384 of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. I hope you're well. I hope all is rocking and rolling in your world. And listen, if it's not rocking and rolling in your world, here's a thing for you. I have been doing a bunch of career consulting for people who are looking to step up their game, whether it be to get more gigs, whether it be to network with different artists, whether it be to sort of get some focus on what exactly it is they want to do. They want to manage their nine to five with their side hustle of playing gigs. They want to grow their their teaching business, whatever it is, I can help you with all that and more. And now it's easier than ever to work with me. All you have to do is go to drummersresource.com forward slash career and you can learn all about the career development stuff that I do and then you can apply right there. It's free to apply. It's not free to work with me, but it's definitely free to apply. So just go on there, check all that stuff out. See if it's something you're even interested in. Drummersresource.com forward slash career. Go on, apply, and then we can have a conversation on whether or not you and I are the right fit to work together. It is that simple. Again, one more time, it's drummersresource.com forward slash career. Now I'm super, super excited about this conversation. This is with Craig Ballantyne and Craig is not a drummer. He doesn't work in the music business or anything like that, but he did write a book called the perfect day formula that I read about two years ago. It completely changed my life. The way that I approach my goals, the way that I structure things, the way that I structure my day, the way that I look at disciplines and, and getting more consistency in my life. And at the end of the day, We may be drummers, but that's just the thing that holds us all together, right? But you and me and everyone else who listens to this podcast, but we also have life that goes on around us and we're moms and dads and accountants and brothers and sisters and friends and have day gigs and are trying to hustle and work our day gig and play gigs at night with our band and all that kind of stuff. So all of that stuff that gets in the way or that is life that is around our drums is the stuff that I love talking about because you can go anywhere to learn about paradiddles, but this stuff I think is invaluable that can add to whatever it is you want to do in drumming. So Craig is the perfect guy for that. They double him the most disciplined man in the world. And he talks about how discipline creates freedom. He talks about how you can really structure your goals, how to figure out exactly what it is that you want, and then how to get there and how to put processes in place for you to get there. And I've talked about some of these concepts a little bit on the podcast about outcome goals versus process goals and things like that. But But Craig is very succinct and explains it much more eloquently than I can. So without further ado, let's get into it with the one and only Craig Ballantyne. Craig Ballantyne, how are you, my man? Uh, really good, really good. I'm so excited to be here. This is gonna be so much fun. I am. I'm pumped to have you. I got to tell you, I've been following. It's funny how I found your stuff, and I'll tell you that in a second. Uh, but I've been following what you've been doing for a long time, and have read the Perfect Day Formula. I don't know. I usually you go back and like refresh over it. Uh, you know, once, twice, three times a year because it's a quick read. It's an easy read, but it's always, I always find like a little nugget of information in there, and we'll we'll talk about the book in a, in a second. And I think that. I first learned about you through our mutual friend, John Romanello. And, oh, cool. And the funny thing is I read Mark Ford's book, Ready, Fire, Aim. He would always talk about ETR, Early to Rise. And um, I was listening to something that you were doing and you said something about ETR. And I was like, wait a minute, ETR? What? I know what that is. And then I put all the pieces together and figured out that you now own ETR and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mark's the best, man. I mean – I He's been my mentor for so long, and you hit that book, Ready, Fire, Aim, is something everybody should check out. It is. It's it's a it's a good book, and I don't know. I think it's it's a business book, but I think that there's some some life applications in there as well. Oh, uh, um, totally. So I I want to get your your quick backstory to let everyone know where you come from and exactly how you got into what you're doing, and the reason. 
I told you this off air, but the reason why I wanted to bring you on is because this is a drumming podcast and we, you know, the, the thing that strings us all together is that we're drummers, but we're also moms and dads and accountants and have day jobs and are trying to juggle life and set goals and be healthier and, and all that sort of stuff. So I always like to have guests like you come on who can shed some light in that area and we don't get really heady into drum stuff and it's more, you know, applicable for for maybe someone who's an amateur or maybe someone who doesn't play drums full time or, you know, like I said, is trying to balance life. So uh, that's the reason why I wanted to have you on. But let's talk about let's talk about a little bit of your backstory and how you got into what you do now. Yeah. So I grew up on a farm in Canada. I wanted to be a strength and conditioning coach in the National Hockey League, of all things. And then I started writing for Men's Health in 2000 when I was 25 years old. And that really set me down the path of realizing that, hey, you know what? I'm more of a nerd. I'm more of a guy who likes to read and write. How can I make this into a business? And I started selling fitness programs for for many years, over a decade. And then I bought the business Early to Rise from Mark Ford. That's a long story in and of itself. But I wanted to help people with more than just working out. I wanted to help them build their wealth, improve their health, build better relationships, have more time. And really, Mark and I have always used the phrase, have a life well lived. You know, Be that renaissance person who's able to go to Rome in the summertime for four weeks work a few hours a day and then, you know, just enjoy life. And, you know, whether or not you're able to do that or travel the world at all, there's there's a way to live a good life uh, on less money than most people think, but also just to make sure that you're living a life of legacy as well. Mm -hmm. And what do you think that most people think that you have to be a millionaire to do that kind of stuff? Yeah, a little bit. And that you have to be you have to sacrifice everything is more what people think that, you know, and it's almost like, you know, that mindset of, you know, you got to save and scrimp in order to retire one day and do things. Well, that that was a mindset that was popular years ago, but it's not the way that life needs to be lived. We can live it. You know, Tim Ferriss had a good phrase, the the mini retirements. Not that we need to have a mini retirement, but there is opportunity in this day and age for so many of us to do so many things around the world and leverage our skills, our talents, and most importantly, our network, which often gets forgotten in this day and age. And so that is kind of the foundations of the life that I live and teach other people to have. It's, I want to touch back on something that you said about network in a second, but, but what, what would you say to someone that's like, yeah, that's fine for you. You can do that because you work for yourself. You are self-employed and you control what you do every single day, but I have a nine to five job. I got kids, I got a mortgage. How can I, how can I do that? Or, you know, how can I take some time off to go on the road with my band or something like that? Well, I mean, that just that just then becomes, well, what are you what are you sacrifice? You know, on one you're going to sacrifice either way, right? You're going to mm -hmm. sacrifice something to go and do that or you're going to sacrifice doing that to keep what you have right now. Uh, it's the it, it's one or the other. And so you can you will always have to sacrifice in order to be successful in life. And I was just on another podcast and we were talking about the the root phrase of the word passion, which is what are you willing to suffer for? And so if you're really passionate about living a certain way, then you're going to have to be okay with suffering for it. I mean, I suffered many years in order to get to where I am right now, you know, as a personal trainer working, you know, eight or 10 hours a day, and then also getting up at, you know, super early in the morning to work on my online business to set me free. And you have to realize that freedom comes at a price, but you, if you're willing to pay the price to earn the prize, you're going to have a great life. So you're saying that people should work on that whether it be you know uh putting in all the effort that's a that's a table stake you have to do well, that yeah but it's and so i guess the formula would be we'll figure out first what you really truly want what is the most important thing how do you want to live your life and it's okay if you want to you know have a life where you're stable and steady and you know you focus on raising your family this is that's not a bad life but if you want a different life and i'm not saying you want a life that's more or better but if you want a different life then you can you just need to figure out how to get it we all hear those articles or read those articles about you know the family that homeschooled their kids and, and went sailing around the world and it's not like those people are any smarter than us it's just that they had a very clear and strong vision of what they wanted their life to look like and then they figured out how to go and get it. And mm -hmm. so I always say that, hey, listen, you can have your dream destination in life and you just need to build a straight line to success. Much like everyone at one point in their life 
even rock stars and drummers are probably going to end up at Disney World. That's going to be your dream destination for your family. Well, how do you get to Disney World? You fly to Orlando, then you drive a rental car to Disney World and you're there. And that is getting to your dream destination. Just like your vision for your life is your dream destination, whether that's being on tour with the rock band or whether that is being able to go to Europe every summer. Well, if that is where you want to get to, now we know exactly what we, uh, you know, the destination. Now we can build a system in place to get there, a plan. It's going to take work and sacrifice, as we talked about before. But if that will keep you away from detours, it'll stop you from chasing the wrong things and getting off track, which is often the biggest hurdle in our life is that we end up trying to do too many things. We, we aren't focused. And if we had just had great focus in our life applied over time, we can really accomplish great things. Agreed. So the obvious question is, okay, first of all, how do you get that clarity of exactly what you want? And then what I hear most often is, okay, I know what I want. I just have no idea how to get there. And I don't even know where to start. Yeah. So the first thing, there's two phrases I want to talk about here. One is your values and your vision drive every decision. So that'll be the answer to the first one and I'll dive deeper. And the second one is we always want to look for what's the first step that you can do to move yourself in the direction of that big goal and dream. So the, go back to the values and vision. We, first of all, when I'm working with somebody, I say, tell me what you want to accomplish for your family, your health, your wealth and, and experiences in the next 10 years. What are the most important things? Like if if you live the next 10 years and you didn't accomplish these things, you'd be super disappointed. Okay, well, now we can narrow it down. We can Mm -hmm. narrow it down to, you know what, it'd be great to go to Europe every summertime, but that's not really important to me. What's really important to me is to to take my kids to the family cottage every August and also to raise well-adjusted children. And, you know, I just want to be able to put some money away and I want to, you know, write my first book or, you know, record an album or something. Okay, great then those four things are all that matter and we're going to build a very specific plan to get there. Now, if somebody knows what they want to achieve, the next step, then we go and say, okay, well, you want to record that album. That's great. That's a very abstract goal though, right? What's the first step you can take today, right now to move you ahead? And then we say, what can you do in three days from now? What can you do in seven days from now? What can you do in 28 days from now? What can you do in two months from now? And it might be, hey, first of all, I just need to call four recording studios or I need to call to I need to call a guitar guy because we don't have a guitar guy in the band right now just figure out what is the first step you can do because it's like the old phrase you know how do you eat an elephant you you know do it one bite at a time Mm -hmm. most people have this elephant in their mind but they're too you know overwhelmed with all the things they have to do that they never take the first bite and that's really the key what about so I know that you're a big proponent of having four goals at a time, right? Health, wealth, uh, social yep. self, and and personal enrichment, right? Yep. So what what if you have multiple things that you want to accomplish? Because you you're you can't have seven health goals, right? And you right. can't. But what if you have like someone like me? Like I own you know I own a couple businesses, and so there's multiple. So do you just do you do this? sort of thing for each business that you own or like if you have a day gig and you're you're playing gigs at night in a band and you have goals for both of them how do you how do you suggest people work that out well i would be you'd have to rank them okay so like you know you might have multiple businesses but of those multiple businesses which one is the most important which one's going to be the most profitable which one's the one you want to grow to the greatest thing and then you know if if you improve your main goal Everything else around it becomes easier and better. It's very much like the one thing by Gary Keller, his book. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the one thing that you can do today that makes everything else easier or unnecessary? Mm -hmm. And so we need to, you know, ask that question for all of our goals because the biggest mistake that I made as a young man was having too many goals. And I use the analogy of you can have a shotgun scattered approach to life where you have all these goals, or you can have a laser focused approach to life where you just blow away that bullseye. And if you're shotgun scattered, you might have 20 goals and achieve three of them, but they're probably going to be three pretty, you know, lame goals. And you'll be very disappointed at the end of the year saying, yeah, I achieved three goals, but they didn't really move me ahead in life. It's a whole lot of activity and not accomplishment. Mm -hmm. But if you're laser focused and you just have, you know, massive, massive focus on massive, massive goals, but a very small number of goals, you'll feel so much more accomplishment. Your life will be so much further ahead if you take that approach to life. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so oftentimes, oftentimes, Nick, our success in life is about what we do not do as opposed to what we do. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of articles about Steve Jobs and Steve Jobs at one point said, I'm I'm more proud of what I didn't do than right. what I did do. Right. Meaning the things that he said no to, the distractions. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he could have been working on the iWatch in 2007, but that would have meant that the iPhone would not have been as as successful as it was. And so you have to think about that. What are you sacrificing? You know, what greatness are you sacrificing in order to do a whole bunch of little stuff? And so, mm-hmm. you know, really just ask yourself this question or, you know, remember this maxim. In order to do great things, you have to do fewer things. In order to do great things, you have to do fewer things. Such it's so the truth. And I, you know, years ago I was uh, running a restaurant. I mean, my audience knows this. I'd op- I was been in the restaurant for years. I opened up a restaurant mm. with my brother. I was starting another business. I was living two and a half hours away from my restaurant. I was working mm. 120 hours a week. I was doing 18 different things. I was exhausted, and I was effectively getting nothing done. Yeah. You know, and it was just like my wife, my wife told I mean, she was my girlfriend at the time. She's not my wife, but she's like, he who is everywhere is nowhere. And she just kept uh-huh. repeating that over and over and over again. And it was so true, you know, because we think that we can do everything. At least I yeah, do. Absolutely. Or I used and, to, I used to think and, that. Yeah. And it's the same with, it's just, you, you can use that analogy with, are you present with your family at night? You know, even if you are physically present and you're on your iPhone or you're thinking about work. You know, you're not you're not there. You're everywhere else but there. And that's the type of life that Mark Ford and I don't want people to live. We want you to be present. You know, Mark Ford, for people that don't know who Mark Ford is, I mean, he truly is. He's a renaissance man. He's like the Tim Ferriss before there was Tim Ferriss, as I describe him. Mm -hmm. And every year he sends me this list of what he accomplished. And it's like he learned a new language. He learned a new instrument. He wrote this many books. He wrote this many poetry books. He wrote a, a film script. And I'm like, man, this guy's 65 years old. He's retired. He has more money than he cares to have. And he's more productive than I am. And I'm supposed to be the productivity guy. And and But they're all interesting things that he's doing. He's a black belt in you know, jiu-jitsu. And he's doing tournaments at that age. It's really incredible. And so that's a life well lived to me because yeah. – you can only have that if you are present. And now I know we I just talked about, you know, you got to do fewer things. But when you're focused, you can accomplish a lot of things. But if mm-hmm. you're if your attention is distributed across social media and, you know, driving and commuting, then you're not going to be able to be as successful um, if compared to being focused on a few number of things. Mm-hmm. The idea of being the Renaissance man is something that's always been interested to me, but I'm scared to sort of go down that road because I don't want to have too many distractions. And I don't so it, like but I guess Mark is, you know, living proof that you can be good at a lot of things, but I'm well, yeah, but, but he's and, not doing and, all of those at once, right? Right. And to break it down, I was just about to say that, you know, he's doing a few things every quarter. And it's amazing what you can get done in 90 days. Imagine if you spent two or three hours a day on Spanish for 90 days, mm-hmm. or maybe even four or five hours. That's the kind of approach and focus that he takes on something. And then, you know, it's it's very much like Tim Ferriss is always talking about hacking things, right? What's the fastest way to get to mastery of a skill or a competition or something like that? Well, it's bringing an expert, get expert feedback, you know, do your performance, practice, 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 and and really get focused on it. And the thing is, that takes a lot of effort, just like it takes a lot of effort to become world-class in anything. And most people just aren't willing to do that. And that is the harsh truth about why a lot of us are not further ahead in some of the things we want to achieve. You had mentioned the idea of getting the master, getting to someone who knows more than you, who may, be, you know, who may have gone through the things that you're going through now. Uh, that ties back into what you said earlier about your network and how you think that that's, that's extremely overlooked. Can we talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. Your network is so important. And I, I love talking about networking because I'm an introvert with a very large network. And so all excuses are out the door for anybody who thinks they can't grow a network. If I can, anybody can. And it is and networking is, I mean, with any business, but the music business is it's, it's relationships. Everything in the music business is relationships. And I get that all the time with people. They're either introverted. They don't know how to network. They don't know how to meet people. They don't know how to add value. They don't know how to develop these these meaningful relationships with people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
networking doesn't mean going to a bar or a club or to a, a conference and, you know, have a drink in your hand and handing out business cards and schmoozing everybody. I mean, that's one way to get to know people, but it's not the only way to get to know people. Mm -hmm. How do you, how, what are some other ways that you suggest that people can do that? I mean, well, frankly, like the stuff that, that, you know, I'm having you on my podcast, like this is networking. Oh, know? absolutely. And, and, but it all starts with value. And so you have to figure out how can I go and help somebody? A good book for everybody to read is Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. And he has a really great, it's, it's, a, it's probably over a decade old. It's definitely over a decade old. And he has a good line in there. You want to uh, help ease people's pain and help their kids. If you can do those two things or one of those two things, if you can help somebody's kids, you know, have a better life, or if you can ease somebody's pain, you are going to add value to that person's life. And then they're going to recommend you to other people. They're going to want to introduce you to other people. Mm -hmm. And so what value can you add to anybody? And even in a relationship where you're going, like, even if I went and met Jeff Bezos, I know that I could add value to his life through all of this, the, you know, capital that I've built up in terms of helping somebody become more productive in their day. In fact, I, I actually have some coaching clients who work at Amazon. So I can go and say to Jeff Bezos, hey, I can go in and help, you know, your team members become more productive, and more efficient. I could help you and, you know, I could add value to you. And I could sit there with Jeff Bezos for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes and have the conversation focused only on adding value to his life and not trying to get anything out of him. And I think that is the approach that if you take that it's, it's a very, it's the game changer for you that if you go with that giving hand, another book people can read and this one, you can read in about 90 minutes. It's called the go giver by Bob Berg. And it's all about being that person who goes and connects other people and adds value to the world. And it's very simple like that. And so I started my networking back in 2000 where I didn't have a podcast, but I was interviewing people for my website and I was adding value to their world because I was getting their message in front of their target audience, just like you're allowing your podcast guests to do, Nick. So yeah, you can do it through podcasting. You can do it through speaking at events. You can do it through emailing people and making connections. You know, just if you know somebody that could add value to somebody else, you ask if you can make that connection. It's called the double opt-in, which most people don't do. So if you've ever gotten an email, Nick, where someone says, Hey, Nick, you should meet Mark. Yeah. You guys will get along great. Bye. I mean, that's not actually very helpful, right. but, but if I went to you, Nick, and said, hey, Nick, I know a guy named Mark, and I'd really like to introduce him to you because he does this, this, and this. Can I make the intro? Mm -hmm. And you say yes, then I'll make an introduction, and most of my introduction emails are about 300 words long because I want, I want to help you guys get through the small talk of the first five minutes where you don't waste each other's time. Mm -hmm. And for you guys to figure out, hey, yeah, this is a good thing. We should go forward with this. Or, hey, maybe not right, maybe in the future, but not right now. Or, yeah, this just isn't a good fit. Right. So, but if you're that person who does that, the next thing you know, all these people are trying to introduce you to other people. So that is, those are just some of the ways that I go and grow my network without you know, schmoozing. Yeah. I, I can't tell you, and I'm sure you do too, where I get these emails all the time. Nick, meet Mark, Mark, meet Nick. I'll let you two take it from here. Yeah. It's like, yeah, what? Me, I don't even know. Context, my man. <laughs> right. Right. Or it's like, you know, Nick, meet Mark. Mark's a badass drummer. Mark, Nick owns Drummer's Resource. I'll let you guys yeah, take and, it from and, here. And then you're obligated, right? And right. so it's like, well, this is not cool because now I'm obligated to do something for this person. I got a million things going on. Uh, it's almost like implied that I'm going to either have him on my show or I'm going to connect him to somebody. This isn't, this isn't really, it's not polite. It's actually a rude thing, even though the person thinks they're being valuable. So you have to be careful with that if you're making introductions. Right. And I'm, now I'm like, now I have to respond to this email and I have to write it yeah, right. and tell them all about myself and, and all that. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit. And you had mentioned productivity. What do you think is the biggest what do you think is the biggest uh, hack to productivity and what do you think is the biggest uh, thing that stands in people's way? You'd mentioned, you know, how you can make people more productive. What do you think it is? It's just, is it the focus? Is it the, is it the discipline? I know that what, you're dubbed like the, the world's most disciplined man, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to throw people for a loop here because uh, they always like to bring that contrarian tip, right? And I'm going to steal this line from Ariana Huffington who said, the fastest way to finish a project is to stop doing it. 
And most people try and do too much. You know, you take a look at your to-do list today. You probably had 10 things on there. You'll get through three of them, and then you're going to feel all depressed at 6 o'clock at night when you're already late for dinner and you didn't get through even half of your to-do list. It's because you it's inhuman for you to think that you were going to get those 10 things done because, mm-hmm. first of all, there's going to be interruptions. There's going to be chaos, and most people overcommit to things. And so if you take – Huffington's suggestion and you just start chopping away at things, all of a sudden you become more productive. You have a shorter to-do list. You can put more focus on the things that matter. And all of a sudden you are this person who everybody thinks, wow, you get, you get so much done. It's because you have focus. So I'm actually also the laziest person in the world. And I built systems into place to become the most disciplined and productive person in the world. If you have systems and rituals and routines that make it easier for you to get things done, you can overcome a lot of bad habits. Well, what's and that? I also, losers, losers have goals. Winners, ha- winners have systems, right? There you go. There you go. And so, you know, you think about what gets you in trouble every day. You know, what what one thing, if you could stop doing that one thing, would make you more productive? I mean, it might be drinking four glasses of wine at night, meaning you're going to be groggy in the morning. Or it might be, you know, you check email first thing in the morning, and the next thing you know, you've spent an hour on email, and you're all pissed off because one person out of, you know, the 100 emails you had sent you a nasty message. Now, if you just stop doing those things, you know, if you kept it to a glass of wine or maybe no wine Sunday night through Thursday night, during the week and you woke up with a clear head, you'd be super productive. Mm -hmm. Or if you didn't check email first thing in the morning and you spent an hour working on your book or working on your sales presentation or whatever it was, you'd all of a sudden have huge victories in life. So it's stopping a lot of things will make us more successful Mm -hmm. in life. And I got to be honest, I've, I've been studying personal development, habit, uh, goal setting, all that sort of stuff for years and and no, it never really came into focus until I read the perfect day formula and it changed my morning routine. So now I'm up between, you know, you say you should know what time you go to bed and what time you get up. So I go to bed between 1030 and 11. I get up between 530 and six. I don't check email in the morning. I work on my, my most important thing. I go to the gym right after I do that. And all of that stuff is, is so simple in theory But it's not always the easiest thing to do. It's not easy for me to not check my phone in the morning and all that kind of stuff. And Well, no, no. So uh, just to interrupt you there, say a couple of of things to, to carry on. Everything is simple, but nothing is easy. So climbing Mount Everest is relatively simple. Everybody goes the same route. Everybody knows they need a Sherpa. Everybody knows what they need to pack. But it doesn't make it easy, but it is simple. And whether or not you want to start a band or lose weight or write a book, it's simple. It's been done before. It's just not easy. So you have to figure out how can I make that system as simple as as effective as possible. Mm -hmm. Another thing is that a lot of people, especially your drummer friends, are probably sitting there and thinking, uh, these guys, all they want to talk about is getting up early. But it's not about getting up early. I want everybody to listen to this phrase and take it to heart. It's not about the hour you get up. It's what you do with the hours that you are up. It's not about the hour that you get up. It's about what you do with the hours that you are up. So I have clients who are actors. I have clients who are night owls. And they don't get up at the same time of day as I do. They don't get up super early. In fact, one of them built a $100 million company working from 10 p.m. till 4 a.m. But like you said, He knew what he was doing. He had a strong vision. He knew that as soon as the kids went to bed and his wife went to bed, that he had to sit down and do the important work. And in those six hours, he did a ton of important work. And yeah, he's he's changed because eventually the family dynamic wasn't uh, conducive to it. But it does show you that it's possible. And so, again, it's building the systems that allow you to be successful no matter what hour you are up. It is just making sure you're prevented from being distracted. I like to use this little analogy, this imagery, Nick, of build a fence around yourself. Build a fence around that keeps bad habits out and keep good habits in, and that is how you'll be successful in life. 
it's one thing to talk about how great dream symbols are, but it's another thing to actually hear them for yourselves. And the good thing about dream is not only do they sound great, but they're also priced well below the competitor's prices. So that way you can actually afford to buy these symbols. And if you don't think you can get a great sounding symbol at a low price, check out dreamsymbols.com. But first, I want you to take a listen to what these things sound like. To learn more about Dream Symbols, be sure to check them out at dreamsymbols.com. What happens with me is I get into a great routine, but it doesn't it doesn't always last and I fall off the wagon and it takes me another, you know, week to 10 days to get back on it again. So I'll be yeah. getting up early. I'll be, you know, I'm doing everything. I'm meditating in the morning. I'm going to the gym, this, that, I'm eating well. I'm counting my macros. All that stuff is good. You know, I'm working on my goals. And then I go to bed late one night. I get, I sleep in the next day. And then like the whole thing spirals out of control. Yeah. And that's what I realized back when I was, you know, late twenties, I was, I was really good six days a week. And then on, on Saturday night, Saturday afternoon, I was in the pub and then I was in the club until 4 a.m. And, you know, it's like a 12 hour stint and it just throws you off for the first three days of the week. And eventually I realized I can't do this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to have that one night that throws you off track. And what I found was is public accountability is the greatest, the greatest thing for keeping you on track because no one wants to be a hypocrite. And if and if you go out and tell the world that you do this or you live this way and you don't live that way, there's a few psychopaths that can get away with it, you know, (laughs) but most people, it bothers them so much that they change. And so I tell people I never hit the snooze button. And there are days when I want to hit the snooze button, believe me, but I do not hit the snooze button because if I did, I'd be letting other people down. And that means I'd be letting myself down and I'd feel terrible all day. And it would cause a lot of internal stress. I'd be misaligned between my actions and my goals. So I do not hit the snooze button. And when you tell the world that you're going to do something, you're going to go and find a way to get it done or else you're going to have a lot of incongruence in your life, which is going to cause a lot of stress. And, you, and you're eventually going to either have to admit to the world that you, you're lying to them and that's not going to be good, or you're going to man up and, and do the work. And mm-hmm. so that is something that I use whenever there's anything I really seriously want to accomplish. I make sure that the right people know about it. And I use that as accountability to stay on track and to get back on track as fast as possible. So even, even if I did hit snooze one day, there's no way I'm letting that snowball into a streak of seven days in a row where I hit snooze. Right. So, because the, the willpower, willpower doesn't work. We already know that. Right. Right. So there has to be something else. So you're saying public accountability is a good way for, to establish long-term disciplines and consistency. Cause that's the thing I think for anyone, right? It's the consistency. It's I'd much rather be at 80% every day of the year than be at a hundred percent for four days. And then at 40% for four days and then 50% for three days. Yeah. I mean, that's like a yo-yo dieter and you're all over the place. Right. So I have the, you know, in my book, I talk about building a rules, you know, rules for your life. You know, basically, essentially when I say that so many people want to resist that they say, Oh, I don't want more rules in my life. I've got rules about where I can park and, you know, <laughs> rules in my business and all this stuff. And the thing is we don't want rules imposed upon us by others. You know, we're naturally rebellious, but if we impose rules upon ourselves, we put together essentially what's an operating system. You become very effective and very powerful, just like your iPhone. I mean, it is based around an operating system. It has rules in it, and it allows you to do incredible things. Now, if you had those same rules for your life, um, much like you described earlier, that you know you get up at a certain time, you go to the gym, you do this. You know, those are all rules that you follow, and that structure sets you free and makes you super productive, and that allows you to go out and have an amazing life. Now, I know a lot of people think, oh, you know, there's no spontaneity and all that stuff. But I was, you know, if you go and say to somebody, do you think like, um, what's your favorite band, Nick? Uh, let's say fish. Okay. Let's say fish. All right. Do you th- is fish winging their entire con- uh, con- uh, concert? <laughs> no. no, no, of course not. You know, I, I like to go and see Pearl Jam. I think they're great live. Of course. Uh, I mean, you know, Eddie might freestyle some stuff in between songs, but I mean, those guys know what they're doing. And so you have to realize that the greatest performances in life from Hamilton, the musical to, you know, your even your favorite football team, they script plays. 
Mm-hmm. These are the pros. They're not leaving anything to chance, just like you can't leave your days to chance. And there's, I run into, and this is sort of a, a common thing with drummers is that, you know, you have to learn your rudiments. So there's, there's all of these hand patterns essentially that you have to learn and no one wants to learn them because not no one, but a lot of times guys think it's going to get in the way of their creativity and it's, it's going to, like you said, impose their rules. No, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I'm, I, I don't need to conform to these rudiments and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, but they're just a means to an end. That's all they are. And they turn once you learn your rudiments and you have complete control of them, it gives you so much more freedom in your in your playing and the way that you can approach the kit. So, yeah, and, and that's what I, I I have this paradox in my book called structure equals freedom. Mm-hmm. And what that means is the more structure you have in your day, the more true freedom you have in your life. And so, if you're very structured and disciplined in your morning and in your afternoon, you get all of your work done so you can go home and be present with your family and then you can do whatever you want. And that's the way most people would love their life to be, but they're not, you know, they go home and it's like, as soon as dinner is done, they got to go and check their email. And then, you know, as soon as the kids are uh, in bath time, they got to go and check their iPhone and then they can barely read the story to their kids because they have to go and do something else. Mm -hmm. And that's not the way you want to live because you're not present. And, but if you get all your work done during the day, because you're so super productive, then you actually can go back to that kind of like 1960s lifestyle. Agreed. So I know that we we're talking about structure. How do you suggest that people structure their days outside of having, I'm a big proponent of the morning of a morning routine. I've talked about it on the podcast before about having a morning routine. So I know that you are a great proponent for, for the morning routine, but what about the, what about the afternoon? What about after the morning routine? Yeah. So great question. And that's when you have to accept that things are going to go a little bit crazy. You don't have, you don't have full control. First of all, over, obviously you have no control over other people and other people are going to bring you stuff in the afternoon. Things are going to happen in the afternoon. Your kids might get sick. Now, what you can control is being prepared for the, emergencies that are going to come up, but also being mentally prepared for the emergencies that are going to come up. You know, you know, when the kids get sick and you have to go pick them up, but you're really busy, how is that going to affect you? Are you going to get super upset and then you're going to waste all your mental energy dealing with that? Or are you going to say, okay, I have to go and deal with that and that's no problem. And as soon as I've dealt with this, I'm going to get back on track. That's really up to you. And everything comes down to your ability to control your mindset and your attitude. And this goes back to, you know, there's a really great book that if I could force one book on every single person in the world, it would be Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. And in that book, he, I mean, this is a man who lived through a concentration camp, survived. He lost his wife and his parents and his unborn child the very first day he went to that camp. And he lived through that camp for four years and he observed people and and he made you know, these um, observations about what allowed some people to survive while most people didn't. And, and really what it came down to was at the end of the day, the, last, the, the only thing that people can't take away from you is, your, is how you respond, your, your control of your own emotions. And so that is what allows you to be successful under any stress. Okay, It's how you respond to it. You are in control of that. So that is the key to managing your afternoons. So you might have an amazing day where every, you know, amazing morning where you control everything. And then as soon as, you know, 11 or 12 o'clock hits, all of a sudden everybody's bringing you their, their fires that you have to fix for them. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. If you just have to realize that shouldn't be a surprise to you, you know, it's going to happen. But if you are prepared for it, you're going to have systems and solutions to overcome that, to get your mind mentally back on track and make the most of the day. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So one you you mentioned systems a lot, and one of the most groundbreaking things that I got from you is the idea of having you have outcome goals and you have process goals, and yep. that to that unlocked a lot of doors for me. Um, so can we talk about that briefly? Yeah, absolutely. So explain the concept. So we so essentially you have four goals, health, wealth, social self, and personal enrichment. And then you have an outcome goal, which is the goal that, that you want to achieve. And then your, your process goals are the systems that you put in place essentially, right? Yeah, essentially let's use a real simple analogy. You know, uh, 
Mrs. Jones comes to me and says, hey, Craig, I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, your outcome goal, Mrs. Jones, is to lose 20 pounds in 12 weeks. You don't have full control over that. You, you can do all the things right, and you might hit 25 pounds or you might hit 18 pounds. But that's our outcome goal. We're going to aim for that numbers-based goal. Now, what you do control, Mrs. Jones, are your action steps, and we're going to call those process goals. So, Mrs. Jones, you totally control going to Fit Body Boot Camp four times per week. That's, you know, that's up to you to get there and do it, and if you fail on that, then don't expect to hit your outcome goal. Mrs. Jones, you also control your nutrition program. So you're going to follow this nutrition program 90% of the time. And if you do that, you're going to get as close as possible to your goal. And that's what we need to think of is let's break down our outcome goal into the action steps that will get us there as close as possible. Mm -hmm. And for me, for example, like my, you know, mine is count my macros every day, uh, go to the gym, depending on, depending on how many, uh, how many uh, times I'm supposed to be working out that week, working with my trainer and uh, no drinking during the week. So it's perfect. You know, yeah, it's like, I mean, you control all those things. Right. Right. And when, and when you, when you uh, take control of those things, you're going to as close as possible to the outcome goal. So you need to know what's, you know, the steps that get you there. And that's, I, I call this reverse goal setting. So if I want to get to 20 pounds lost in 12 weeks, well, in 10 weeks, I need to you know, to uh, have lost this many pounds, and that means I have, need to have done this, this, and this. And four weeks, I need to have done this, this, and this. And we just kind of back it out all the way down to like in 24 hours, like we talked about before with first steps. You know, what can I do right now to move me ahead towards this goal, to get me an initial win, some momentum and motivation so that I keep going? Because that's that's where most people drop out of any goal in life is they don't see any victories and they – they lose that motivation. It's much, this actually came from research on employees. An employee will become disengaged and quit working for you if they're working on a project and they don't get any feedback and they don't see any progress in it. Then they just lose all motivation and momentum. And it's the same with their own personal goals. So we want to make sure we have, our, our coach has helped us build in quick victories so that we get that momentum and mm-hmm. keep it going. Yeah, I always recommend drummers record themselves and check it out two weeks later. And, oh, cool. see, you know, see where they see where they've made the progress. And because it feels like when you're in it, you, it feels like you may not be making any progress, but actually you are. So uh, Absolutely. a couple more quick questions for you, if you don't mind. Um, yeah. So a lot of the people who listen to the podcast or that I interact with every day have this dichotomy. They have a full time job and yep. they either play on the weekends and but they would rather be playing full time or mm-hmm. they're trying to quit their jobs and play full time because I run in a lot of guys that are like, I absolutely hate my job. And all I want to do is play drums all day. But as you know, it's no secret that it's, it's difficult to make a living playing drums. Um, so is there, is there anything that you come across in your practice of guys who are, or people who are doing one thing and not really enjoying it and really want to be doing this other thing? Uh, is there ways that you suggest people deal with that? Or do you suggest that they actually make the transition or any insights that you have on that? Well, here's what I did. I mean, I was a personal trainer in 2002 and 2003, 2004, and I didn't want to be a personal trainer. I wanted to run my own online business, but I was personal training. It's kind of like you're a waiter. You had that split shift. So you would Mm -hmm. wake up and you would train people. Generally, you're busiest in the morning, maybe like six to eleven. If, if you get, you know, you have a few, um, you know, stay-at-home moms that come in after nine o'clock, and you get your CEOs early in the morning. And then you have a couple hours where, you know, you're, if you're a trainer, you probably want to work out and have lunch, and then you train people from about three until seven. Now that that's not the easiest life. I mean, it's not the hardest life in the world, but you're you're mentally drained, especially if you're an introvert like me. And then, you know, you go home and you're like, I'm going to work on my online business. And I realized pretty quickly, I mean, my eyes hurt so much trying to look at the computer. I couldn't stay awake. Right. And plus, I had no willpower because your willpower goes away over the course of the day. It's depleted like, you know, muscle energy. So I was ruined. And then I'm like, okay, well, I have to get up earlier. And this is like a, you know, 25 year old guy getting up already at five o'clock in the morning in order to train somebody at six o'clock. Now I had to get up at four 30 in the morning in order to make sure that I could, you know, get something done uh, on my business. And so I did. 
And for 18 months, I got up at 4.30 in the morning and I worked for 20 minutes on my business. And by doing that, it set me free. And it was a hard path. It was, but it was something I absolutely had to do and I became successful. So I'm not, you know, this is a little bit different when you're a drummer and there's uh, obviously a certain number of opportunities available, but that is what I did. I went and did the work that I did not want to do because I was passionate about it. I was willing to suffer for this thing, but it did eventually set me free. And so whatever it is that somebody's doing right now, they need to figure out the path to get there. So we go back to that vision, your values and your vision are going to drive every decision. If you truly want to be doing something else, then you need to create a vision for it. Then you need to figure out, you know, get some expert help to draw a, a treasure map, essentially like, okay, here X marks the spot. I want to get over to X. Okay. It means I have to go here. I have to go and meet this person. I have to go and learn this. I have to do this. And if I do all of these things, then I will get to my, you know, where the treasure is on this map. And that's the approach you have to take in life. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to do it, then you can really achieve a lot of great things. The most interesting thing that I think you just said is that you spent 20 minutes a day doing it. And most people think they have to quit their jobs and go all in or they have to, which I think is a ridiculously stupid way to do it. Uh, and most people think it has, it has to be this, you know, this grandiose gesture and, and it has to be, but like you said, 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes, just, just like a little by little working towards it. I think that's such a great takeaway. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, so one of the things that I talk about in my book and one of the rules that I tell people to have in their life is I want you to get up and before you do anything else in the morning, before you do meditation, gratitude journaling, any of this, you know, new agey stuff, which I do a lot of myself, I want you to work on your number one priority in life for 15 minutes. Because if you do that 15 minutes a day, six days a week, that's 72 hours in a year of clear, uninterrupted thinking. And most people don't make time for that in their life. Mm -hmm. Now, it, it would also work if you wanted to get out of debt. Imagine you were $5,000 worth of uh, had that much credit card debt and you woke up every morning and you sat at your kitchen table with pen and paper and no electronics and you figured out how to get out of credit card debt. You would get out of credit card debt faster than if you just tried to fit in thinking about it over the course of the day. Right. So if you want to write a book 15 minutes at a time, you can write 500 words and in 10 weeks you can have a 30,000 word mini book. That is how you achieve success in life 15 minutes at a time. Mm -hmm. It just adds up. Can I ask you a stupid question? Yeah. How do you figure out – because for me, I do a brain dump every night and mm -hmm. you know figure out what I need to do the next day. How do you figure out what the most important thing is that you got to work on when you get up in the morning? That's a great question. It goes back to those goals that we set. You know, okay, So we go back to our main wealth building goal in most cases. Um, and, and the reason why well, – let me, let me just interrupt. I'm sorry. but yeah. And the reason why I'm asking is because for, I know that this – I have this a lot that I feel like – I feel like everything's important or I feel like a lot of these things are really important. Yeah. And so I actually I should have backed up and started it with this. Everybody's in a certain season of life. There's four seasons of life and they relate to the goals. So you're either in a season of health, wealth, family or personal enrichment. And what that means is – you know, in your late 20s, you know, you're not married yet, but you're thinking of settling down and buying a house. Well, you should be in a season of wealth building and everything you do, aside from, you know, making sure you have a good relationship with your fiance is to build wealth because you're going to need that. You really want to dive deep on that. Now, you're not going to, you know, sit on your butt and work for 18 hours a day and not do anything health related. But those things are going to be put off to the side a little bit. Um, and, you know, you're not going to enter a bodybuilding competition at the same time as being in your wealth building phase. Or you might be in family phase where you've just had your first kid. Well, if you just had your first kid, you know, family's the most important thing. And some of the other things are going to suffer a little bit. Um, and then if you've been working for 25 years and you're 50 years old and the kids are out of the house and off to college and you're pre-diabetic, then your health is the first thing that you need to focus on every morning. And then if you're like my mom, who's you know, financially she's okay and health-wise she's okay and she's obviously retired. Well, she gets up and works on personal enrichment, which is charity work and giving back and volunteering. And the first thing that she does almost every morning after uh, feeding my dog that I gave to her is <laughs> that she uh, organizes volunteers for the organization she's involved with. And so that's how you figure out, okay, I'm going to choose which season of life I'm in. 
And let's say it's wealth building. Okay, but I also own three businesses. Okay, well, which which one of those businesses and which one of those business goals is going to move you ahead, is going to 10x your life compared to, you know, 1xing your, or not 1xing, but 2xing your life? Okay, it's this business. This is the major goal. Great. You're going to get up and you're going to go into your kitchen table with no electronics, pen and paper only, and you're going to sit there and brainstorm about opportunities or solving problems in that business for that at 10 X school. And that's how you decipher what you should focus on first thing in the morning. Hmm. I love yeah. it. I love yeah, it. It's a lot of, it's, it's, everything's become so clear when you do that. It's like, and when you chop away at the excess stuff and you're like, you get down to the, what really matters, then you can move ahead. And you have a very good way of, of crystallizing those ideas and explaining it in simple terms instead of, you know, you don't need all these calculations and this and that and like for for like i said for the amount of stuff that i've studied how quickly it came uh came became really clear once reading your stuff i i I applaud you for it so well i appreciate that and you know it's it's a short book so anybody listening it's a short book it's obviously a short audio book as well and it really you know obviously you wouldn't want to have a long productivity book but it's not rocket science, but I believe it's it's arranged in a way that just makes everything even smoother than just reading productivity and time management tips and hacks. Mm-hmm. It shows you how to go from one step to the next, from essentially big picture down to the, the nitty gritty, which just shows you the clarity that, that you were mentioning. Yeah. And the book's called The Perfect Day Formula. What, where's the best place that people can follow you and keep up with what you're doing and read your writings and all that? Uh, so grab a copy of the book at freeperfectdaybook.com. Just pay a little shipping and handling. We'll get you a copy of that. And then Instagram, Real Craig Ballantine is my favorite social media. Cool. And I'll link up to all that stuff in the show notes and all that. And for everyone listening, go grab a copy of the book. It's and I like you just said it's free, right? So all you have to do is pay for pay for the shipping and handling. It is yeah. well worth the the price of the shipping and handling, I can tell you that. So thank you. Um Craig, again, I wanna thank you for all the work that you put out there in the world. I think that you are helping a lot of people. You've helped me along the way and continue to do so. And I also want to thank you for taking the time to come on here and share all of your wisdom. And, and share all of your ideas and everything. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Nick. Great to talk to a different audience than I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you. Thanks again, Craig. No problem. There you have it, the one and only Craig Ballantyne. And to get a free copy of his book, go to drummersresource.com forward slash session. 384. There will be a link on there where you can find his website, a link to where you can get the free book. All you do is pay for shipping and handling. And I think you should do it. It's well worth the money. I promise you. And if you don't like it, I'll reimburse you the shipping and handling. Uh, don't hold me to that. But if you really don't like it, I really will. <laughs> uh, and also all the everything on there, you know, if you want to find out more about Craig, how to follow him, find him on Instagram, all that fun stuff. And I really hope that you got a lot out of this episode because I think the lessons and the processes and the things that we talk about are so invaluable and really changed the direction of my life and also just changed the way that I approach things. And I've been so much more productive and after learning about this book, The Perfect Day Formula. So I recommend you checking that out. And again, I hope you got some real value out of this episode. And until the next episode, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.